0: Hey everyone, I'm Kevin Wallace from Redemption to the Nation's Church, and I'm grateful that we are going to have this opportunity to bring this message of hope, healing, and restoration to you and your family today. I want you to stay with me till the end. I'm going to come back and pray. Be blessed by the word of the Lord. Today I want to preach from the book of Jonah, and I want to... I don't know if the rest of y'all came ready, but I got somebody I'm going to preach to right over there. If y'all look at me funny, I'll go stand right in front of him and preach this whole message. Hallelujah. I want you to go to Jonah chapter 1. I want to preach a message this morning called A Church Like Jonah. A Church Like Jonah. Jonah chapter 1 verse 1. The presence of the Lord. Flip over to Jonah chapter 3 verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time because how many know if you don't get it the first time God love you too much to leave you alone. The word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying arise go to Nineveh the great city preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk, and then he cried out and said, Yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and they put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. The word of the Lord came to the king of Nineveh, and he rose from his throne. He laid aside his robe and covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, hurt nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hand. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Then God, touch someone, tell them then God. I need you to say it like you're thankful for mercy. Say then God. Then God saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them and he did not do it. I wish that was the end and it would be a happy ending, but we have a prophetic problem here. Look at verse 1 of the next chapter. But but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Our Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish. For I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger, and abundant in loving kindness, who relents from doing harm. A church like Jonah, help me Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Tucked over in the Old Testament is this prophecy of Jonah. The Bible tells us regarding Jonah that he was assigned to a particular nation with a particular message. I will remind you that when God calls a prophet, the prophet doesn't choose his assignment or his message true prophets, and true apostles, and true pastors, and true teachers who have the heart of God did not call themselves and are not working on their own time. They're on an assignment from God and they have a particular assignment that they are put on the earth to fulfill. I spent some time in Washington DC this past week with my wife and my children and our spiritual sons and daughters and leaders from this church and leaders from other churches. And we, we gathered there on an assignment to run and to pray for our nation. And I went live uh, on a Facebook and uh, had some questions about why we would take time to go to Washington, D.C. to pray. Why don't you pray from your home? Why, why do y'all continue to pray for the nation? Is it really necessary? And I don't know what news channel you're watching, but it is necessary for the church to pray. It can't get any more jacked up than it already is. It, it, it doesn't have to get any worse, because how many would agree it's a pretty bad situation right now? And as I walked through the streets of that city, and as I, y'all, we went on a 5K. I don't know if y'all want to know what a 5K is, but in some places it's torture. It's uh, they went on a 5K, I did a 2K. And the rest of my Ks, Uber helped me get the last 3K. Yeah. Somebody said, you cheated. No, I use wisdom. And and I got them to drop me off at some of the last places because uh, I, I went to pray over these places in our nation's capital. And, and as I was praying at some of these stops and, and, and we were praying at some of these stops, it, it occurred to me that That if the nation uh, is going to have the intervention that I believe it needs, then the people who have the spirit of God have got to be busy doing what spiritual people do rather than doing what carnal people do and agreeing with the assessment and the problem that is currently plaguing our culture and our nation. And I want to say this on my way to where I'm going today. I want to tell you that when I preach about America, I am not ignoring the other nations of the earth. I have preached a multitude of times from this pulpit that the move of God that is happening in our day is an international move of God. Can somebody help me give God praise for that? God is not just gonna bless one nation and forget every other nation. Anywhere there's a people with a pulse and a heartbeat, Jesus came to seek and to save all of us who are lost. And it doesn't matter what language we speak, what time zone we live in, what color our skin is, who the president, the pope, the prime minister of a nation is, all over this world, the the fact and the truth still remains, for God so loved this world That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever would believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. How many are thankful that Jesus came to save the world? He came to save everybody that you think he came to save and he came to save people who you don't think he can save. Jesus is a friend to the sinner and the church cannot be lost in trifle conversation in this hour. We have an assignment to fulfill and that assignment has to do with pointing broken humanity to the person and work of Jesus Christ and telling the hopeless that there's still hope and telling the darkness you will not have the final say I feel like preaching in here this morning Jesus is still on the throne God is still exalted and the devil is still defeated don't ever get it mixed up don't ever let the devil get you confused don't live Don't live your life in over concern this thing is not going to end with the church hid in a cave hiding out taking communion waiting on Jesus to come save us from the antichrist we are not crossing the finish line saying farther along we we'll know all about it we are crossing saying look what the lord has done look what he did in our generation how many know the holy ghost is still moving somebody say amen Amen. i have preached many times from this pulpit this is an international move of god and i believe that but i also want you to understand that there is a sentiment that is floating throughout the body of christ that seems to indicate that god is somehow finished with america and I need to fix that this morning. I need to address some of this nonsense that is floating around in the religious atmosphere that has been released and sown into the ears and hear uh, the hearing of the body of Christ. And in my, my opinion, it has the body of Christ in some ways much confused. And the text before us today is in many ways about a nation that is much like our nation. A nation that was... Full of evil and full of wickedness and full of all kind of sin. And whenever God looks from his throne and sees a nation living in sin, he does exactly what he did in the book of Jonah. He taps a prophet on the shoulder and says, get there. Get there and say this when you get there. I'm going to tell you right now that when God finds a wicked nation, God does not just consign that nation to a doom and gloom. Any preaching that has the promise of judgment without the possibility of redemption is fraudulent preaching. I didn't get enough help on that. I said any preaching that has the the promise of judgment without the possibility of redemption is fraudulent preaching. Jesus said the Bible said in John three seventeen, he did not come into the world to condemn the world I can't find no help over here but that the world through him might be saved there will come a day of judgment but somebody ought to be thankful that we're not there yet Jesus is still saving lost sinners When this nation when this nation of Nineveh had become evil and full of wickedness, and you say, what kind of sin was it engaged in? According to Nahum, the first chapter, it was full of the bloodshed of innocent people. It was an unjust, evil, wicked society. They had lost their moral, and they had lost their compass, and they attacked one another. They were vicious and violent. Nineveh was the capital city of the Assyrian, uh, uh, the, the, the Assyrian government, and history would bear out. that The Assyrian government was among the most wicked nations in the history of humanity. They did not just plunder their, their foes, but they intentionally shamed them and attempted to uh, desecrate their way of life. And, and, and they were just an evil and wicked people, and they, they were full of the bloodshed of innocents. And that wickedness rose into the nostrils of God. It was so wicked that it captured the attention of God in heaven. Because I'm going to tell you right now that sin is not just something that is your preference. Sin has an effect on the heavenlies. Sin rises. Sin grows. Jesus said that sin is like a leaven. You put it in a lump of dough and it, and, it brings, and it brings corruption to the whole lump. It spreads through the whole lump of dough. That's what sin is like. This whole idea that I sin privately and that I make my own choices and that I get to have my own way. You are either adding to the righteous climate that is in our nation or you are adding to a, a climate of wickedness and evil. And you better make your mind up who you're going to serve today. This sin of wickedness in in Nineveh, the Bible said it rose before God and it captured the attention of God. When he saw the wickedness of Nineveh, this ain't going to be one of them hooping messages where y'all all all like, Oh, praise the Lord, I'm next in line. You don't want to be next in this line there need to be some repentance before we get out of this church today there need to be some tears shed and some broken hearts and we need to get our mind and our heart right we got an assignment the devil's got many people vexed and they're all confused and they're all caught up in their own personal prophecy coming to pass and while we're watching our own prophetic prophecy come to pass an entire generation is being lied to, deceived and people are going to hell while you get a new house and driving a bigger car who cares He taps Jonah on the shoulder. He said, I need you to go to Nineveh, and I need you to preach a five-word sermon. Read the text. In the Hebrew, he preached, He told him, he said, you just go cry out against the wickedness. And tell him I'm getting ready to overthrow him. And Jonah heard the word of the Lord, and the Bible said he fleed from the presence of God. Now family, I want to tell you there's nothing like a church that don't want the presence of God. I can't find no help in here on Sunday Uh huh. It's amazing to me that he did not turn in his title He just ran from the presence of God He still wanted to be prophet Jonah But I'm going to tell you right now Your prophet title is absolutely irrelevant If you're not operating in the presence of the Lord And there are a lot of apostles and prophets and bishops That don't want to say what God said say Because they're trying to create a crowd More than produce a disciple but the devil is a liar you did not call yourself that office does not belong to you Jesus is the one that set you in the house of the Lord and when he opens your mouth you better open it and say what he told you to say and say it to who he told you to say it to enough with the prophets who don't want the presence if you're going to have the presence of God you got to be obedient to the word of the Lord The Bible said he flee. He flew, he got on a boat, went as far away from Nineveh as you can imagine. When the Bible said he got on a boat in Joppa to go to Tarshish, Tarshish was over 2,500 miles away. It was essentially saying, how far away from Jesus can I get? How far away from God can I get? And so he gets on a boat and he pays a fare because when you dip- disconnect from the presence of God, it'll always cost you something. And he gets on a boat and he goes down. Read, this is beautiful. This is beautiful hermeneutic in preaching. The Bible said, the Bible said over and over from chapter one and chapter two, he went down. He went down to Joppa. He went down into the belly of a whale. He went down into the boat. He went down, he kept going down because the the disconnect from the presence of God is never an upward trajectory. It is always a downward spiral. I can't find no help in here right now. Some of the the people of God in this house this morning are trying to figure out why you don't have no peace, and you don't have no presence, and you don't have no favor, and you don't have no joy, and you don't have no happiness, and you can't get a prayer through, and you can't get a job that pays you well, and you can't get friends that I will tell you why. If you disconnect from Jesus, everything in your life will become. It'll turn up all kind of nastiness. It'll turn up all kind of nothingness because it is the presence of God that makes the difference in your life. Oh. need some help right over here it is not your connections it is not your ability it is not your education it is not your preparation that make the difference it is the presence of God on your life and when you run from the presence of God you will not find a place to hide from him you will not find a place to walk in favor without his presence so he's in the belly of pardon me, he's in the bottom of the ship and while he's sleeping, hell is breaking loose out on the ocean. He's on this boat and here's what I saw in the text. Let me just submit this to you for your consideration. The fourth verse of the first chapter says that when he got out on this boat and was trying to get away from God, God sent a great wind on the sea. The word wind is the Hebrew word ruach. God, don't miss it, had to waste the wind on a wayward prophet instead of sending wind to revive the nation of Nineveh. Mm Mm-hmm yep some of y'all missed that right there God had to waste the wind to get the attention of a wayward prophet instead of releasing the wind on a nation to bring it a revival and an awakening I want to ask a question today this is a bit sensitive perhaps personal but I wonder if it is the church hindering revival from coming y'all are not going to help me here I might be out here all by myself today oh you want them church bashers no I don't bash the church I'm called to edify the church I'm called to build the church up I'm called to strengthen the church but sometimes we are weak and we keep drinking the thing that makes us weak we have lost our effectiveness because we have been persuaded to believe that a couple of strategies and and a strategic blueprint can somehow suffice and replace the absence of the presence of God in our midst, there is nothing that will replace the absence of the presence of God. Preacher, if you're watching me, you don't need another growth strategy, you need to bury the idea of growing until you find revival in your own spirit. Because if you find Him and He finds you, you won't have to worry about growth, it will happen out of relationship. There is There was no presence here in the bottom of this ship. Instead of the wind blowing on the prophet and blowing on the nation, the wind had to blow on the sea to get the attention of a wayward prophet. And so, you know, uh, they come down into the bottom of the ship and they wake him up, oh sleeper, oh sleeper. That's what they said, oh sleeper, do you not know we're dying? And you know the story because I'm gonna tell you this, I don't care how prophetic they are, how t- what their title is. I don't care how renowned they are in the kingdom of God. If they're running from God and they're on your boat, they're a liability to your future. You better be careful who you let in your boat. I don't care what kind of name they got. I don't care what kind of history they got. I don't care what kind of prophetic thing they got going on in their life. If they are in rebellion to God, they are a threat to your future. You can't get people on your ship and go where God wants you to go if they are heading away from God. God is about to deliver somebody in this room from a boat full of people who are in disobedience to his word. Some of you can't get to where you're going because you are connected to people that have no honor and reverence for the word of the Lord but God is about to set somebody free touch your neighbor, tell them throw Jonah overboard oh my God, i am going to preach in here i got this thing in my spirit I've been carrying it for three weeks but God is about to anoint you to throw some stuff overboard you've been carrying some people in rebellion to God some of you are living with somebody in rebellion you're shacking up and you better get married in the name of Jesus God ain't gonna bless your mess God is saying come out I came to tell you a preaching anointing is on me this morning I came to preach until everything gets under conviction I came to preach until come on in here God is about to set us free and so I just want to talk here the Bible said that he fled And God knew where he was fleeing to. Touch your neighbor, tell him you can run, but you cannot hide. Yes. God knows where you are. The psalmist said, if I ascend into the heavens, thou art there, but if I make my bed, I'm thankful to to report to you. He is still even with you when you make your bed in hell. It doesn't matter how far you run, how long you run, how far you get, how way out there you may be, you will never outrun the eye of the Lord. So the Bible says, that they threw him over and when they threw him over and cast him into the sea, it says that the wind ceased. Some of you, your peace is as simple as getting rid of people who are in rebellion to God in your life. Your peace is that simple. And you say, Pastor, I don't want to be mean. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to send them letters or cards. You don't have to put it on Facebook. You just need to silently say, that is no longer a part of my future. I refuse to jeopardize where I'm going by hanging on to people who are not called to go there. I gotta move on here. The Bible says that as soon as he was thrown overboard, that the wind and the tempest stopped. And all of a sudden, Verse 17 says, a great fish prepared by God. Lord have mercy. I don't have time to go into this like I want to, but the Lord knows how to prepare things. For those of you who need to get back on the right track. And sometimes the thing God has prepared for you will take you down before it ever brings you up when Jonah was thrown overboard the Bible said God prepared a great fish we always say a well. we don't know what it was it was something God made and it came up out of the ocean and of the sea and it took the prophet down into the depth of the sea sometimes God will prepare something for you that will take you down before it ever brings you up because the worst thing God can do for an arrogant prophet is allow him to ascend without first breaking him through oh come on here Mm. Uh-huh. I want to tell some of you in this room it is the heaviness that you're walking through now that will bring you the humility to put you in a room to have something to say to hurting, and ma- uh, hurting masses of people sometimes the trip down develops in you a character a humility a compassion talk to me church it develops in you a sensitivity so that when you stand up and start preaching to hurting people uh-huh, they can, you can relate to their drop because you know what it feels like to have gone down yourself anybody in this place ever gone through some mess anybody in this place ever gone through some pain can I tell you that your pain is not what disqualifies you but the fact that you survived your pain and are still here today is evidence that the grace of God is working in your life and I came to rebuke the devil and tell the devil that the mess doesn't take me out the mess became my message and because of the goodness of God we are still here touch somebody tell them neighbor I'm only here by the grace of God Uh I'm not here because I got everything I wanted I'm not here because I got everything like I wanted it I'm not here because everything in my life was easy I am here by the grace of God life took me down and God allowed it to happen but if God ever prepares something that will take you down he will always use that thing to bring you back somebody tell them in due season I need to preach right over here to somebody in due season you are going to reap if you don't think if God ever took you down it's only because he wanted to raise you up and when you get raised up don't ever forget he's the one that brought you to the place where you are but that's not what I come to talk about so please sit down he 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 gets into the belly of the well, the fish, and the fish takes him down. And from the depth of the sea, he cries out to God because descending often produces in us desperation. I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet, I'll go where I want. And God said, for real? I'm going to prepare a fish and I'm going to let you descend until you get desperate. Read. I didn't read it to you, but Jonah chapter 2 is a powerful prayer. The entire chapter, second chapter of Jonah is a prayer where he prayed in desperate ways for God to save him. And God heard. Look at this here. God heard Jonah's prayer and God spoke to the fish. I can't do anything but what the text says and tell you that it says it vomited Jonah. The fish God prepared not only took him down but it vomited him up onto dry land. If you ever make the transaction of desperation, and prayed prayers of desperation at the bottom of the sea, he prayed. The Bible said over there in the second chapter that he went down to the base of the mount. How many know he was deep in the heart of the sea? Come on. He was deep. You can't get no deeper than Jonah was. He was at the bottom of the earth's floor. And from that place he prayed. And desperation grabbed hold of the prophet's heart. And he began to pray. And God heard him. And what took him down had to vomit him up. And then the next chapter is the one I read to you. This is where I came to get to here. He vomited him up on the land. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Touch somebody tell them a second time. Yeah, the young people act like they deserve it. But I'm gonna tell you right now, anybody who missed the first time and ever had a second chance, you're thankful and you'll get happy about second times. I can't relate to all the people in the room who've always been good stewards of the first time but i'm thankful to be in a kingdom where god will speak to you come on in here don't look at me so holy like you ain't never missed an opportunity anybody in here can can be grateful can anybody be thankful that god gives second chances uh-huh. are you thankful that if you missed it before God is a good God and will come back again I'm telling you you he knocked on the door and you stayed in the kitchen but how many are thankful that when he knocks on the door this season you're not going to miss what God is getting ready to do come on touch somebody tell them I'm not going to miss it uh, tell somebody I'm not going to miss it this time I don't know who I'm talking to but somebody missed it last time and the devil wants you to think there won't be another time but I feel like God sent me to this pulpit today to release a friend opportunity over somebody you missed it before but you will not miss it again you squandered it before but you will not squander it again you absolutely missed the invitation the first time and the devil been telling you you're going to stay in the bottom of the belly of a whale forever but today somebody's coming up and when you come up God is going to restore you and speak to you again you believe it shout yes The Bible said that God's word came to Jonah a second time. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. Preach to it the message I tell you. Does that not sound familiar to you? It should because it's exactly what God told Jonah in the first chapter. Arise, go to Nineveh, preach to them the message that I tell you. The last time he got that instruction, he fled. This time... He got a revelation. I ain't going back in the belly of a whale again. So he goes to Nineveh. Reluctantly. Why did not this prophet want to go to this nation? The fourth chapter tells us why if I could be so bold as to preach the end right here in the middle. He knew if he went there, God would change his mind. And what we are dealing with is a prophet who did not want mercy. He wanted judgment. A church like Jonah. I'm getting ready to walk around in here because because what I have come to see in this hour is there are a lot of people who look at the sins of America and because of the blatant sins of America they use the pulpit to pronounce judgment and there are a multiplicity of reasons there are a myriad of reasons why God could curse America he could it doesn't take 50 million unborn children slain on the altar of abortion for God to get mad it just took one it doesn't it didn't take the backs of hundreds of thousands and millions of slaves it just took one all of that would have been it doesn't take the injustice that still happens in our nation today all the many offenses of injustice that are loose in our it didn't take all of those to offend god just one of them can't get no help right here because we think that there is a quota for sin and once we reach that quota then all of a sudden we cross a line of becoming so vile and so wicked that there is no point of return and some people take inventory of the sin of America in the condition that we are in right now and they say we finally crossed the line but I want to submit to you we crossed that line hundreds of years y'all not helping nobody right now here y'all act like we just all of a sudden got crazy but we've been crazy for a while we've had sin for a while we've had issues going on for a while the problem is when we take inventory of the sin then we begin to get a spirit of offense And depending what your your personal conviction is or what your personal side is, you begin to get all offended about what you've seen in the past. And if you're not careful, you will look at the sin and see sin more than grace. You will see more sin than there is mercy. And you will start announcing judgment. I told you it wasn't going to help me on this part because what we're doing in America right now in the pulpit in many ways is partnering with the spirit of offense. Well, I'm justified in my hate for this nation. We we did this, I'm justified in my hate for this nation. We did that, you are not justified in hating anyone when you sir and you ma'am were as sinful as the thing you hate. My, oh, I'm getting ready to preach right here and I know I'm offending people all over this church and a lot of people online but I'm telling you right now if I preach not this word will be unto me we are partnering with the spirit of offense in the church and we are telling people it's okay for you to hate who you want to hate for doing to you what they did to you and it's okay for you to like the people you like who look like you, dress like you, vote like you, act like you talk in tongues like you, sing your favorite song you better get that spirit out of your heart right now God is not in the business of calling people and allowing you to choose who you want to love and choose who you want to reach and choose who you want to talk to you better understand that as the church of the living God you are the salt of the earth the light of the world you are a city set on a hill
1: stop your foolishness in the name of Jesus you've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light and you ought to be a praiser no matter who it is we all
0: needed mercy and we all God, I feel like preaching in here today. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop preaching, they say, for God to save America. Because America got enough sin in it that she needs to be judged. Every one of us do. See, this is what I wrote down, we want mercy individually, but judgment corporately. So when you go do something crazy and stupid and sin, you run to the altar, forgive me Lord, and you want everybody to surround you and give you four prophetic words and three assurances your sin is under the blood. when the country does some dumb stuff then you say oh god unleash all hell against it judge it it deserves judgment i'm telling you all of us deserve judgment all of us deserve hell where is my help in this church we all deserve to be in hell today the reason we're not in hell is because where sin does abound grace does much more abound and I'm watching, I'm telling you what I'm not gonna do and it may mean our pastor me and my wife and my six children and my closest friends and y'all all all may have to leave over this one, but I refuse to partner with people who do not believe God can rescue this sin-ridden nation and send awakening and revival and shake it from the end to end, shake it from the East Coast to the West Coast. I believe that God can, if he can save Nineveh, he can save America. You know what I'm praying for a church like Jonah? That what happened to Jeremiah will happen to you. You know what Jeremiah did? He got over there in a cave. Every time he prophesied, it got him in trouble. Every time he said, thus saith the Lord, they threw him in another prison every time he said thus saith the lord he lost another friend every time he said thus saith the lord another member another another member left his church and another supporter left the ministry so do you know what jeremiah said i'm not going to say another word about god i'm tired of talking about god and prophesying god and speaking the word of god i'm going to go in a cave and i'm going to shut up and i'm not going to say another thing about what god said say and the bible said in the book of jeremiah that my god i feel the anointing on me right now when he got in a cave and began to shut down his ministry when he got in a cave and began to cease to speak the word of the Lord he said I sat there in that cave and suddenly something on the inside of me started burning it was like holy fire shut up in my bones I want to preach to the church right now you've only been silent because you haven't felt the fire in a while but the silence is about to lead to a fire and a bunch of Prophets who have ceased to speak the word of the Lord are about to get pregnant with the word of God. God is about to raise up prophets and prophetesses that you don't like and you've never heard of. They're on the backside of the wilderness today. They're sick and tired of all of the religion. They wanna shut up because the word of the Lord got them in trouble. But the same word that got me in prison is enough word to bring me out of prison. I need someone to praise God that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Preachers, preach the word. Prophets prophesy. Don't run in a cave. Don't run from God. The nation needs the word. Jonah ran. Jonah fled until God. Somebody said, why does he talk in tongues? I'm not talking to you. I just had a... I just had a little prayer break with the Holy Ghost and I'm talking to God. So if you're mad because I spoke in tongues and didn't interpret, it don't need an interpretation. I'm not talking to you. I talk to God in the middle of preaching to you. I don't ever stop talking to God. We don't ever end the conversation. Pray without ceasing is not just a request. It is a command. And when you talk to him this morning, you can talk to him in the middle of a sermon. So, Ah! I have recently been called a a Christian nationalist, I'm going to fix something, I am not a Christian nationalist in the sense of those people who sabotaged the Christian name and created a cult and sabotage the Christian message and created a cult for their own hate. That is not my identity. And if you don't know me, you don't have the ability to shape me by your false report of who I am. But just because I plead the blood and pray for my nation does not mean I'm in some sort of mind, some sort of frame of mind, some unhealthy, unproductive frame of mind where I'm all about America. I'm telling you, I'm all about the kingdom and the nation I live in needs a revelation of the kingdom and until the people of the kingdom announce the kingdom then the nation will continue to live in foolishness why we got to hear about this every Sunday because you hear about it every Monday on Fox and CNN the first time guest I'm so overwhelmed this is such an intense message you have to be hiding hiding and not come out of the closet to not know there's some demons of division in our nation and we use the pulpit as a place to reinforce the strength of division and we do that all in the name of justice Well, I hate people who believe in abortion you don't have the responsibility or the right to hate anybody please understand something no one has paid a greater price for preaching about the value of life than your pastor and his wife you don't even know what the stand we have taken has cost our family. But it never caused me to hate or to reject anybody. In fact, the grosser the sin, the more tears should be shed and the more compassion should be demonstrated. I can't find no help in the church. This is the reason why the world of those who've had an abortion never come back to church because we bash abortion so much and we're so angry with it, we think they think we're bashing them. God is fed up with the church being so full of anger and resentment that she won't speak the word to those who need it. And what do we do when we encounter a situation that's, it's tense? Well, we don't wanna talk about racism and we don't wanna talk about abortion cause those are such dividing issues and that's why they're dividing. Cause the church has lost its voice. Oh, I'm not getting no help right here. So what we do now, everything's about the vote oh yeah we're gonna change things through the vote Uh uh-huh no you're not I want you to vote and somebody bled and died so you should vote so everybody go vote but I got something more powerful than a vote it's called a voice I can't find no help right here and this is why we are losing the battle in America we have glorified political structures and removed ourselves from a kingdom authority and the kingdom authority that we have is not just about who we vote for it's about what we say when we lift our voice I'm preaching this in October. November's coming. And the church will be more. I'm prophesying to you right now. Watch the spirit of division flare in the next four weeks. We will focus more about political parties than we do on voice and the Bible. And I am not for sale. I feel like I have to say that one more time because I feel like there's a group of preachers who need to say, oh, me either. Oh, oh no, me either. I'm sick of feeling like I'm a pawn on a board. I am not a pawn or a checker on your board. You don't move me. Your looks don't affect me. I've been in prayer and heard the voice of the Lord. This nation is going to see an awakening. If Jonah will get out of the belly of a whale and get to the pulpit of Nineveh, there is an awakening coming for the people. And here's my question for you, church, as I close. Are you, I'm not going to. Are you ready for mercy? Or are you preferring judgment? Because I read a scripture over in James. It said, Yahweh prefers mercy over judgment. It's not that I don't deserve judgment, it's that I need mercy. It's not that our nation doesn't need, doesn't deserve judgment, and it's just that we need mercy. What if God was getting ready to rain down mercy on people who hurt you. Well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. See, here's the the problem. What we are presenting our day, in our day, we are presenting the evidence of pain without the possibility of redemption. Kingdom people offer redemption no matter how many times and how deep the pain. If you're in this room right now, Lord I hear church bells ringing. I about fell down. Oh, because we don't have no church bells, Hello. The Lord's trying to tell us something right there. I know Auntie forgot to put her phone on silence, but I feel like some church bells need to ring again in America. Jonah, don't miss this. Jonah went to Nineveh and preached a five-word sermon. Uh Five
1: words. Five words.
0: Five-word sermon. Forty days. Nineveh. Be overthrown. And the king heard it. And he put a decree out through the whole land. Well, why do you pray for the president? And why do you pray for politicians? Because if their heart ever gets moved, Y'all are not hearing what I'm telling you. Are you you left or right? We can't quite figure you out, Bishop. Are you a Republican or a Democrat? I hope you're confused. If you're confused, I'm doing my job. I will never line up with the thief on the left or the thief on the right. Give me the man in the middle. If you line up with the man in the middle, you'll treat people right. You'll vote right. You'll love right. You will... this is why we have a divided church at 10 a.m. on on Sunday morning in America because people haven't preached the kingdom they have preached the garbage that some talking point told them to say you lying devil God gave us the word of the Lord open up your mouth man and woman of God if it shames every deacon and every elder if you lose every usher and every giver let God be true and every man be a liar line up with the kingdom of God The only way we lose a nation is if the prophets run from the presence. God. He ran. He went down. God spit him up and he went to Nineveh. And he preached a five-word sermon. And the king said, tell every person from the king to the peasant Every beast, y'all understand that the cows got some sackcloth on them, they're throwing ashes on everything breathing, sackcloth on everything. Put a sackcloth on Muff Muff, put a sackcloth on, on Princey the cat. Come on, just put, just put a sackcloth on everything. Why the whole nation is going to hell, and somebody has got to pray. Did you hear what the prophet said? No, he's not a Ninevite prophet, he's a Jewish prophet. Oh, I'm getting ready to preach right here Oh, well, if he was from Nineveh uh, they might have accepted him oh no they accepted him even though he was from Israel and was a Jewish prophet and I am tired of the tribal prophets who only prophesied to their people in their way oh let's go have white conference let's go have
1: our black conference let's go have our Hispanic conference let's go have our Pentecostal conference let's go have our Methodist conference I came to have a kingdom conference we need a holy convocation we need the
0: I feel the anointing of the
1: Holy Ghost on me God is giving this house a gathering grace we will not be divided. We will see the nation come together. Streams will come together. Behold, there is a river whose streams whereof they glad the city. Somebody give God a praise. I said, somebody give God a praise. I'm through preaching.
0: Stand with me. Tired of being a church like Jonah. I'm tired of being a church like Jonah. We run from the presence. We don't prophesy the word of the Lord. We talk and teach our pablum and our nonsense. You sound mad, Pastor. I prayed all week long for God to purify me from any kind of anger that is not holy and righteous. Don't you ever think for a moment just because I'm intense, I'm bitter. I'm mad at the right thing. I'm mad at the devil. And I can sit up here and fold my hands and twiddle my thumbs and speak niceties and and you'd go home and be influenced by this demonic devil that's loose in our society and all over the airwaves and you'd come back on Sunday and you'd just thank God for the time of worship with the people sitting down my road that don't look like me but I'm gonna go out and live my disconnected life now not this house and it may only be a remnant but I will not bow to the bell of this generation. And I will not be complicit with the spirit of offense loose in America. And if you don't think it's here, read Matthew 24. In the last day, there'd be an assignment to turn people against people. And the love of many would grow cold and I believe some of them people who have a cold heart are talking in tongues and prophesying houses and yachts and cars and you about to get you about to come into a financial miracle who cares if you gain the whole world and lose your soul what does it matter to <laughs> my You haven't properly been tested in the faith until you've first gone to Calvary and been mocked. And instead of killing them, you say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jonah was used by God to preach a five-word sermon and a whole nation delayed the judgment of God for decades. God, you ready for this? Some of y'all can't handle this theologically. Oh, God don't change his mind. My Bible said God heard their prayers. And when they changed their heart, he changed his mind. We need healing but we need prophets who will speak the word of the Lord so that healing can come we need healing but we need a church to be a prophetic voice that brings healing rather than running to Tarshish with no presence and we still call ourselves prophets take your neighbor by the hand please not this house we will not be a church like Jonah Let me just say this last thing. The first verse of the fourth chapter of Jonah said this. And when God relented and changed his mind, the whole city was spared. And the next verse says, and this thing frustrated Jonah. The prophet spoke a word that worked and he regretted it. I hope, when revival comes, you don't sit in your house resenting. Oh. I hope when these altars are filled with bloods and crypts getting saved on the same Sunday morning service, I hope you don't sit out there, going. I hope when millionaires working downtown that are sleeping around with nine different women and got two kids that can't find their daddy, when he comes and weeps his way through, I hope you forgive him, have compassion on him, and celebrate mercy. Oh, I'm getting ready to go a little deeper right here. But I hope when Democrats that you don't like and Republicans you can't stand come to this altar and say things that God and say, thanks God for what you've done in my life, I hope you don't resent it. I hope you can celebrate mercy. I want to pray for one another, then I want us to give God some thanks. Father, forgive me for the times I fled to Tarshish, for the times I ran. Forgive me for my unbelief that you can save a generation. Lord, the problem is not your word. The problem is not that they're too wicked. The problem is the church has by and large become silent. And I pray today you'll forgive us and grace us with an opportunity to hear your voice a second time. Somebody watching me online right now, a pastor's watching me on Monday morning. Your church stopped growing. Everything about life seems like it's going down. But if you'll get desperate right there, God's about to bring you back up and this time you're not going to miss your assignment in the name of the Lord. I call for the national prophets to cease the division. And I call for the national prophets to begin to speak the word of the Lord and to do it. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost Church. I feel a shift happening right here. I call for national prophets to lose their prejudice. I call for national prophets to lay down their pride and their prejudice. Humble yourself in the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself in the mighty hand of God. Refuse to be complicit with the spirit of division. Put the devil under your feet. God is going to exalt his son Jesus and his kingdom will be the big deal. Come on, just another another few minutes of praying in the Holy Ghost right here. And I know it's 1212, 12, but somebody got to get past where we are on a clock and we got to know where we are in the spirit. Somebody got to cry aloud for a nation. Uh huh. You got to understand that there are things that Nineveh had in store that had they not cried out, it would have happened, but God heard the prayers. God heard the prayers and he will hear ours if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. God, please have mercy on America. We need mercy. And I rebuke every act of damnation pronounced over this nation. God, please don't damn America. Please bless America. We need you. God, please bless this nation. You're not going to ignore our sin. You're not going to ignore the bloodshed. You're not going to ignore the injustice. We're not asking you to ignore it. We're asking you to give us mercy. Lift your hands, lift your hands. We're asking for mercy. Have mercy on us, God. Can I find just two or three people who pray with me for another minute or two right here? I know I'm imposing on your lunchtime, but can somebody who really just wants to intercept some things over this nation, can you just just take a minute or two with me right here? Come on, y'all. There's a million reasons. There's a million reasons why judgment could come. There's a million reasons why he could swallow up a nation. There's a million reasons why he could wipe us out. Oh! It is mercy over judgment that he wants to show. It is mercy over Jethokomahashamdanavase. Oh God, do it from the west coast to the east coast. Do it from the north to the south. Come on, students, get down on your knees. Oh, come on, get in a birthing position and begin to cry out. Give us mercy, God. Oh Lord, we won't miss the assignment this time. God, would you please intercept this plan of the devil And would you please give us a prophetic word that would break the stronghold and pierce through the deception and smite this darkness that our generation may see the glory of the lord come on if you'll pray i believe it's going to happen right now pray from chattanooga and your prayers from this place will affect a nation come on and lift your voice I feel the fire of God in my bosom right now I feel the fire of God in my bosom right now Pray for your children and your children's children Pray, pray and bind the enemy Pray and loose the angelic host of heaven Pray and believe God For mercy and grace to flow like a fountain Oh no. oh! have mercy on us God Have mercy on us Lord We will not be a church like Jonah We will not resent revival We will rejoice when men turns. We will rejoice when sons and daughters come home We will rejoice when the races are healed And the nation is whole We will rejoice We will rejoice Oh God heal our hearts we are wounded and offended we are partnering with the spirit of bitterness oh God today oh God
1: cleanse us deliver us God don't let our heart get hard don't let our love get cold
0: oh, come on 60 more seconds church I feel a whole big In the atmosphere, I feel the weight of prayers of generational leaders who've gone before us. They're about to be answered in our day. May the prophecy of Dr. King come to pass in my generation. Oh God, send revival! Oh God, send awakening! I need you to pray 30 more seconds. I need you to pray 30 more seconds. God's gonna do it in our generation.
1: Uh-huh. Some of you have breathed a sigh of release over Roe versus Wade. We don't need just a law change. We need a heart change in
0: America. Somebody cry, Somebody cry out for it. Somebody cry out for it. Somebody cry out for it. Oh God help us. Don't leave us in our own sin. Have mercy on us, God. We will not be like Jonah. We will not run from the presence of the Lord. We will run to Nineveh. We will cry aloud and spare not the It's like a trumpet. We will be a prophetic agent in the earth. We will always preach but always point to the redemption of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tayaya! Kosya oh, takata ribasiya. Father, we love you. Father, oh, we need you. Refreshing, send your glory down. Send the winds of refreshing, send the winds of refreshing. God send your spirit. Send the winds of refreshing, God send your glory down. Send the winds of refreshing, God send your, come on we're going to put that in the atmosphere before we go home. Send the winds of refreshing, come on send your spirit Lord. Help me Jojo, help me Pastor, Jojo and Tobin, come on. Come on, sing that over your generation. Come on, I want somebody who has faith to say that. simple the wind. Hey,
1: come on, come on. Sing the wind. Everybody, say it. Come on.
0: were a prison that kept the dove but when jonah prayed the dove got released and i believe if the church will pray and we declare this one more time i believe a dove the dove of the spirit the wind of the spirit the holy spirit is gonna be
1: released in a fresh dynamic in our life if you believe that shout yes yes I us sing, let's sing your glory. Nobody puts their up and say. The fresh, you know? e higher so than the Lord. sing, let's sing your glory. Let's sing, let's sing your I Let's sing, let's sing your glory. Let's sing, let's sing your glory. not us sing, let's sing your glory. Let's sing, let's sing your glory. Let's sing, let's sing your glory. Let's sing, let's sing your glory. In Udawah, in in the wind, the wind, sing sing the, the wind, in the wind, in your yes, in the wind, the wind, the wind, the wind, the wind, the wind, the the wind, the wind, the wind, the wind, the wind, the the wind, the wind, the wind, the wind, the wind, the the wind, the wind, the wind, the wind, the wind, the the wind, the 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 Praise for what we believe is on the way.
0: In fact, somebody needs to take off a garment of heaviness, and this morning
1: for your nation, you need to put on a garment of praise. And praise God that where sin doesn't abound, ah, ah, ah. grace does much more abound. Shake hands with three or four people and tell a neighbor, "God bless America." God bless America! God bless America! May the grace and mercy of God be released on this nation! May Jesus be exalted! May the devil be defeated! Somebody lift up a shout.
0: Friend, I believe God is a miracle-working God, and the greatest miracle that God could ever work in your life is the gift of salvation. And I believe today somebody's watching me who says, Pastor Kevin, would you pray for me? I want to give my life to God. I want to serve the Lord. I want Jesus to save me. Let's pray this prayer together today. Mean it in your heart. Say, Dear God, I repent of my sins. I turn to you today, Lord Jesus, believing that you're the Son of God and that you died for my sins. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to go to KevinWallace.tv, and I just want you to drop us a prayer request and let us know that you gave your heart to Christ. Our team want to pray for you. We want to make sure that you're in a good, loving, Bible-believing church wherever you're from, and that you continue to grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. The best days of your life are still ahead of you, and we're praying for you today. God bless. I look forward to seeing you next week right here.